Today, I'm going to tell you a fascinating story concerning the awareness of the goodness of God in spite of the reality of human suffering and pain. I believe that it is the stories of men and women who have gone before us that perhaps speak most loudly of the goodness that is found only in God. Welcome to Refine, finding joy in the midst of the fire. This is your host and your friend, Carol McLeod. Welcome to Defiant Joy Radio with Carol McLeod. For more information about Carol, Just Joy Ministries, or her other messages, please visit our website at justjoyministries.com. And you can find Carol on Facebook at Carol McLeod, Bible teacher and author. We're also here if you need prayer. Please call us toll free with your prayer request. 1-855-569-5433. That's 1-855-JOY-LIFE. Now let's join Carol for today's inspiring message. Psalm 119, verse 68 says this, You are good, and you do good. Perhaps it is the rich life stories of ordinary men and women who experience the goodness of God during days of great trial that speak the loudest. Alan Gardner, who lived from 1794 to 1851, was such a man. Alan was born to a Berkshire squire in England and had travel and adventure written into his DNA. His heroes were the great men of the sea, and he determined to be a sailor before he was old enough to write his own name. When he was still a small boy, his mother found him sleeping on the floor one night. When she questioned him why he was not in his own bed, he said that he was preparing to live the rough life of a sailor. Allen entered the Naval College at age 14 and went to sea at age 16. He lived the raucous life of a sailor and traveled the world, even experiencing violence and war. The death of his friends and comrades deeply affected Gardner, and he secretly bought a Bible and read it often while alone. Alan Gardner came to Christ in China in 1820 after receiving the devastating news that his mother had died. In 1821, he married and quickly had five children, but he was greatly distressed by the death of his wife in 1834. Alan deeply felt the call of God on his life and traveled to South Africa with the intended purpose of winning the Zulu chief to Christ. The Zulu tribe was renowned for its savagery and love for war. Alan Gardner's work with the Zulu people ushered in a time of peace between the warring tribes, and he did a great missionary work in a very short period of time. When Gardner returned to England, he married a woman half his age to mother his children, and the entire family returned to Africa to work with the Zulus. However, as they approached South Africa, his oldest daughter died. She was buried in South Africa, and the sorrow of losing her was enormous. He continued his work among the Zulu people until war broke out between the Dutch settlers and the Zulus. He was forced to take his family to South America away from the fighting. He wrote in his journal, disappointed but not cast down, thankful for having been permitted to engage in any work that might contribute to the extension of the Redeemer's kingdom on earth. Gardner arrived in South America in June of 1838 and began with his family 
one of the greatest missionary journeys of the 19th century. They traveled through the Andes Mountains, through perilous heights, and on dangerous trails. He met with many of the Aboriginal Indian tribes and presented the gospel to them, but the Roman Catholic Church asked him to leave the area. Having been denied permission to do mission work in New Guinea, he and his family settled in the Falkland Islands for a year while endeavoring to reach the tribes there. After mission trips to Chile, Paraguay, Argentina, and Bolivia, Alan Gardner and a fellow missionary realized the only way to impact these nations was by basing the mission work from the deck of a ship. He was unable to raise enough money to purchase the size of the ship that he desired, and so he settled on two very small launch boats. With seven men in his missionary party, they left Liverpool, England in September 1850. Although they had never met one another prior to this voyage, they would never again part each other's company this side of heaven. Having sailed the stormy waters of Tierra del Fuego, they were left alone at a place called Banner Cove as the ship departed the area. These men, who were intent on spreading the kingdom of Christ, had come to evangelize this tribe of people. They built a fence of thorns and put up a tent to protect their meager supplies, but the natives found ways to steal from the pure-hearted missionaries. The men, though heavy-hearted, retreated to the launches, having lost most of their food supply. One of the launches went aground and was damaged beyond repair. Month after month passed with very little contact with these people, who were the very people that they had come to evangelize. Their food supplies were finally exhausted, and one by one, the English missionaries began to die. The diaries of Dr. Williams and Alan Gardner reveal men who, though weakened in body, possessed strong and vibrant spirits and were assured of the goodness of the God whom they served. There was no blame or negativity among the dying men, but each ministered to and served one another with their last breaths. Twenty days after Gardner's last journal entry, on September the 6th, 1851, the long-awaited help arrived, but it was too late. This is what Alan Gardner said in his final journal entry. Ah, I am happy day and night, hour by hour, asleep or awake. I am happy beyond words and the poor compass of language to tell. As I day by day and night by night lie here, what a world, unknown to the world, do I live and have my thoughts and move my affections in. God is indeed above my bed. Let all my beloved ones at home rest assured that I was happy beyond expression the night I wrote these lines and would not have changed situations with any man living, that heaven and love and Christ, which means one and the same divine thing, were in my heart. If I faint or die here, I beg of you, O Lord, that you would lift up others to send more workers to this great harvest field. I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. And finally, 
the last entry, which was a Bible verse written in the weakened yet powerful hand of Alan Gardner. Though young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Psalm 34, verse 10. The story of Alan Gardner is compelling and challenging and humbling, is it not? When I think of all the times that I have complained or whined or questioned God because of my situation, because of my circumstances. But the story of Alan Gardner compels me to know that I serve a God who is good all the time, regardless of what my circumstances may look like. Romans 8, verse 26 In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You know, Jesus knew that there would be times when we would face great weakness on planet Earth, and so he sent the Holy Spirit to help us. The Holy Spirit gives us power and guides us and helps us know how to pray when words just don't do it. Verse 27, and he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit knows what's going on inside of us and he knows the mind of God. And so he brings those two components together in a prayer and prays God's will to happen in us and for us. Now, what is God's will in any situation in life? Well, God's will is what he desires. It's what he wants. And then perhaps the most familiar verse in all of scripture. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This is God's will. You know, I used to believe that this scripture meant that God was going to rearrange the circumstances of my life. If something bad happened, God would counteract it with something good. If my car got wrecked, I would win the lottery and be able to buy a new car. If someone was mean to me, then someone more important would be sweet to me the next day. If I had to buy a new dryer with my grocery money, then sure, Surely somebody would take us out to eat this week. Now, those things may happen, but that is actually making little of God's goodness. The truth of this scripture is that it is deeper and more eternal than a change of circumstances or events. We read this thing as each thing working individually for good, but that is not the grammatical structure in the Greek. It is a cumulative effect that God evokes. All things work together for good. Not one thing at a time, not isolated events, but everything works together for good. Have you ever baked a cake from scratch? You know how it works. You lay the items on the counter in order to mix them together. Flour, baking powder, baking soda, raw eggs, vanilla extract, perhaps cocoa powder. Almost everything that goes into the cake tastes terrible by itself. If you ate enough baking soda and flour, it could nearly kill you. But a remarkable miracle takes place when all these ingredients are mixed together and the heat is turned on. 
The cake is delicious. It's irresistible. It's satisfying. Judging by the individual ingredients, you would never believe that something could taste so delectably good. You know, trials and difficulties and tragedies and loneliness and disappointments when tasted singularly are bitter and unappetizing. They're even revolting. But God can carefully mix the events of our lives, raise the temperature, and produce a masterpiece. The good that God is working is the good that He's working in you. The glory that He's placing in you and the peace of His goodness that He's depositing in your life. We're so glad you were able to join us today. The Just Joy staff would love to hear from you. Please call us at 1-855-569-5433. That's 1-855-JOY-LIFE. Or simply go online to justjoyministries.com. Whether you want to live above the ordinary or learn to worship God even during hardships, Carol has great teachings to help you every step of the way. Carol would love to come speak in your area. Her messages of hope and joy have blessed so many. Contact us today at JustJoyMinistries.com or call toll-free 1-855-569-5433. It's my pleasure to study God's Word with you and remind you to never, never, never give up. Don't give up on God or on yourself or on your future. Never give up. If you're struggling and need prayer, please call us today. The phone number is easy to remember, 855-JOY-LIFE. Or you can email me directly, carol at justjoyministries.com. If you've been blessed by the messages and the ministry, Please let us know with your sponsorship. Call us toll-free, 855-569-5433, or go online to justjoyministries.com.